0: Well, I had had a series of messages that I was asked to preach at a youth conference. And this is the third in that series. I preached two of them earlier. Uh, One was, first was Abigail, the peacemaker. The second was uh, Esau, the cost of uh, impulsiveness. Thank you, Jay. And this one is Daniel, a man of purpose. And the date I have written on this is 10-10 of 23, so it's exactly a month ago, that, almost exactly a month ago that I preached it there at Roe. This is, this is a character study on the life of Daniel and focused on his purpose. So who was Daniel? A young man, royal bloodlines. We don't know anything about his family that I know of. Historians would feel that Daniel was would have been in his teens when Nebuchadnezzar took, the, took Judah captive, and uh, Daniel, along with many other young men, were taken captive and transplanted to Babylon. Now, young people, there's a good many teenagers here. Put yourself in Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's shoes. Think of your... If Russia, China, somebody would roll in here, take over America, and just go come through the communities and say, you, you, and you are going with us, gone. Families maybe never to see again. And they would put you on a plane and ship you to China and teach you to talk Chinese. That's exactly what these men did. They were taken, gone. They didn't have a pastor or a parent to look over their shoulder and give them guidance for life. Would you stand firm like they did? Would you be committed to what you've been taught in a few short years you've lived like they did? I don't know Daniel's parents or what he was, these men, who these men were surrounded with up until that point, but they must have done a tremendous job of teaching faithfulness. And there was something in these young men that hopefully by the end of the the message, we could all aspire to. But as we look at this story, we'll see Daniel's commitment and his faithfulness to God being the key to his success in life. Not just in his spiritual walk, but how it affected every area of his life. It's amazing. Now, I want you to think about something as we go through this. Everyone has a line they will not cross. Even a serial killer, there's a certain line he's not going to cross. The worst person in the world, there's a line he's not going to go across. You know, maybe a serial killer won't kill babies or whatever. There's a line we don't cross. You choose that line. I choose that line in my life. Daniel chose that line. He was a man of purpose, and he said, I will not. This is where I am. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. You have that choice. I have that choice. It is up to us to choose that line. Daniel, purpose in his heart, we can purpose in our hearts. No matter what we face, we will not do that thing, whatever that thing is. We won't cross that line. Daniel was a man of purpose. I want to start in Daniel 1, verse 8. What we're going to do, we're going to go go through the whole book of Daniel, kind of skip through it and pick out points to show us What, who Daniel was, or how Daniel was a man of purpose, and how it affected his life. Let's look at Daniel 1, verse 8. Hopefully, you can keep up with me in all these verses. Daniel was faithful to the purpose that he set in his heart. What he experienced because of his faithfulness, and what the end of his results of that faithfulness is what we're going to look at. And along the way, we're going to find several keys to his. Uh, spiritual success. Let's look at, at Daniel 1 verse 8 for key number one. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Key number one, Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. But I want to point out something. He did more than just purpose in his heart. He took an action. He told someone else of that purpose. He said he went to the prince of the eunuchs and requested that he would not, did not have to do this thing, that he, just, that he wouldn't have to cross that line. He told someone of that, of that purpose. He didn't just secretly not eat of the meat. He said, hey, I'm not going to do this. There's a lesson there. We tell someone what we've purposed in our heart. It gives us much greater strength to fulfill that purpose because it creates accountability. Now let's jump down to verse nine. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. You know, God knew Daniel's heart before this and he knew this was coming and Daniel, or God was already preparing the heart of the eunuch to accept Daniel's request God was intervening on Daniel's behalf in his situation to help Daniel did you know that God does the same thing for you today you can say oh that was Daniel and he was special yeah he was special but you are too 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God is working on your behalf at all times. You're just as special as Daniel was. And God is working out the details in your life so you don't have to face a temptation that you cannot get away from. If you purpose in your heart not to cross that line, Daniel purposed, God intervened, and Daniel was faithful. I wonder how many Daniels we have here this morning. Young people, and that isn't just teenagers, all of us who have purposed in our heart not to defile ourselves. People that have experienced the promise that we just read about in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I believe everyone here has. Have experienced that where God, you're facing a temptation and God just makes a way. Because you're serious about fleeing, God makes a way for you to get away and to stand strong. Hopefully, if you found yourself in that situation but you gave in, you'll leave here this morning with a new zeal to be a Daniel and to live according to what God has asked of you. Because you know what? We're living in Babylon. We're not where we belong. As a Christian, we don't belong here. We're living in Babylon. If you're a follower of God and have purposed in your heart not to defile yourself with the world's delicacies, you're a stranger on earth. You're a modern day Daniel. But your life can be just as effective as his was and still is. Daniel's life is still affecting us today. As we're looking at it this morning. Your life can be just that effective. Now let's jump down and read verses 19 to 20. <clears throat> to see how God, what God did for Daniel and his friends because they had that purpose. Verse 19, And the king commanded, communed with them, and among them all was found, none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. God granted them wisdom ten times greater, I'm just going to say, than human capabilities. They were ten times wiser than anybody else that he, the king knew. And remember, these people were incredibly wise people. I think if you pitted common day wise men today against them, other than the technology and the knowledge we have because of that technology, they were incredibly wise. You look at what they did with what they had. We We still don't know how they did it. They were incredibly smart people. And these these men were ten times wiser. That's nothing but God in their lives. It's still capable today. You're capable of that if you purpose in your heart. Let's go over to chapter 2, verses 19 to 23 for the second key. So this key is that Daniel understood who God is. And these verses follow the king's edict that all the wise men be killed if they could not tell his dream. The king had this dream and wanted the men to tell him. He didn't know what the dream was, but he wanted the men to tell him what it was, and they couldn't. And so all the wise men were supposed to be killed. So let's read these verses. Verse 19, Then was a secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness. And the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made me had made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Daniel understood who God was. Do we? Do we understand how um, who God really is, his capabilities, that he can intervene in our lives. You know, the things that we get so watered up about, really, God's got it in control. We talked a little bit about politics this morning in, in class and how whether we get in, involved or not. Daniel didn't even try to be involved in politics and God put him there. Because God was in control. Daniel understood who God was. As we look at if we, as we go on through the book of Daniel, the next chapter will be about the story of the, of the image of gold and fiery furnace and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up for God, but that's their story, not Daniel's. And then chapter four is actually Nebuchadnezzar writing. That is the neatest chapter, just plunked in the middle of Daniel, the king, writes the chapter. And it's an incredible story. And if you think that you need to get involved in politics today, just for whatever it's worth, read chapter four of Daniel. And that king says. God sets up even among wicked men who He will. And I just, wow, what a tremendous testimony. But let's go on to chapter 5, because we're talking about Daniel this morning. Chapter 5, verses 16 to 17. This is right after the hand had written on the wall, and the queen had told the king to have Daniel come in and interpret it. Let's read verses chapter 5, verses 16 to 17. And I have heard of thee that thou canst make interpretation and dissolve doubts. Now if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. So just think with me a bit. Daniel was the only man that could solve the king's problem. Daniel could have bargained for whatever he wanted. The king was desperate. But what was Daniel's response? And I'm going to say it in my own words. He says, I don't want your gifts and money. You can give them to somebody else, but I will tell you the meaning of the words written on the wall. Key number three. Daniel was more concerned with what God was doing than he was about any financial gain he would receive. Daniel didn't care about the money, but he did care about the king receiving God's, what God was saying. What a challenge for us in our business, in our daily life, to be way more concerned that people know what God is saying than we are about the money we can make from that interaction with them. I, yeah, what a challenge. Let's jump down to chapter 6. Verses 1 to 3. And this is the night after Daniel interpreted the handwriting on the wall. Darius, to me, took over the kingdom. And he decided to restructure the government, which is what is happening in these verses. Now I want to read verses 1 to 3 of chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Key number four to Daniel's success. Daniel's position in the kingdom was given to him because of the excellent spirit that was in him. Could we just say the Spirit of God that was in him? Daniel didn't endeavor to earn this position. He was given it because of what God was doing. His position did not come from power, wealth, or political ties. It didn't come from anything that man naturally gravitate towards. His position came from his relationship with God spilling out into his everyday life. I'm so challenged by that. We don't have to try to become somebody great. If that is who God wants us to be, He's going to make us that. We can leave that to God. We just need to follow Him. Now let's, jump to, let's look at verse 4 for the fifth key. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Key number five. Daniel's faithfulness made him faultless. I don't think that made Daniel perfect. But his faithfulness made him such a person that nobody could fall, find fault with his life. I don't think there's anybody here that would say that they're faultless. But that's the scriptural, that's what the history, history has about Daniel. But why was he faultless? Because he was faithful for number one. He was faithful to God. He was faithful to the king. He was faithful to his word. He was faithful to his responsibilities. Faithfulness set him apart and made him blameless before the people. What a challenge. How faithful am I? In fact, Daniel was so faithful to God that his enemies realized that his faithfulness was the only way they could trap him. Let's read verse 5. Then said these men, it was the princes and everybody that was under Daniel, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So we know the story how these men set a trap for Daniel and they did it by appealing to the king's pride. If you look at that story, it's kind of of wild what they did. They sort of used reverse psychology and trapped the king in his own pride. So kind of lost myself in my thoughts there. So I want us to think about what happens next. We know how Daniel gets thrown in a lion's den. But what about that time that Daniel's going through? Did Daniel really know that he wasn't going to get eaten when he got thrown in lion's den? Hmm? He didn't. Daniel did not know the out. We have the outcome. Daniel did not have it. He knew who he believed, and he was persuaded that he was able. I thought that song went so well with this message and he believed God enough to say that's okay I'm still gonna and you know he was just kneeling down and praying to God he didn't care what anybody thought he was going to pray to God three times a day just when it didn't matter what and it could have should have cost him his life except for God's intervention Daniel doesn't know what's going to come out of this night but let's look at a very interesting statement the king made when, he dropped, when they dropped Daniel in the den. Let's look at verse 16, or in chapter 6, verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. What a peculiar statement. For a heathen, wicked king to make the God who you serve continually is going to save you, Daniel. Somehow, Daniel's faith had rubbed off on a wicked king. What an awesome testimony. Remember, Daniel wasn't trying to prove it to anyone who God is. He was just living a consistent, godly life with no fear of man and no fear of what they would think, Say or do. And this is what the king, this is how it affected the king. The king believed that God would save Daniel. Now let's jump down to verses 19 and 20 of the same chapter. And here we see Daniel's faithfulness proclaimed. Verse 19 and 20. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? O Daniel, servant of the living God, whom whom thou servest continually. What a statement. There was no doubt in the king's mind who Daniel served. Not at all. You know what? You and I can have that same testimony today. Do people see that faithfulness in us? I'm just challenged. I, I don't find myself being a Daniel as I read this account. I don't see myself that bold, that given to doing what God has called me to. And I want to be that person. Let's read verses 21 to 23 now. To have Daniel's faithfulness explained. Let's read verses 21 to 23. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then the king was exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him. Why? Because he believed in his God. Because he believed in his God. That's why he was faithful. He had a very clear understanding of who God was. That phrase explains why Daniel's life was so effective. He believed in his God. Let's go to verse 28. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. For Daniel, there was a physical reward for his faithfulness. It says he prospered in the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus. But there was also a tremendous spiritual blessing, both for Daniel and for us that came and for us that came about because of his faithfulness, those of us that have followed. As we move on through the book of Daniel we'll see how his faithfulness in physical obedience, no matter what happened, what what happens in Daniel's life and how we're still today affected by that. As we move through the book of Daniel, chapters 7 and 8 are visions and prophecies that Daniel was given. And there's much that we can be learned in those chapters, but I want to jump on to chapter 9, starting verse 3. But I want to say about those chapters that if we did not have those two chapters from Daniel, we would have a hard time understanding Revelation today. A lot of what is interpreted in Revelation today is because we have those two chapters in Daniel. Why? Because of Daniel's faithfulness in his to God, because he believed who God was. We're going to skip those chapters. We can't don't have time to go into them at all. And I don't I wouldn't say that I really understand all that's written there. I want to go to chapter 9, verses 3 and 4. And here we see Daniel purposing to seek God by prayer, fasting, supplication, and confession. We'll read verses 3 to 4, the first part of 4. And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord God and made my confession. I'm going to stop there. Daniel purposed to seek God out, to deepen his relationship by fasting, by prayer, and it says by confession. And we've, we, we're looking at life. Daniel seemed like a perfect man, right? Well, Daniel didn't just see himself. He saw everybody around him and how his people were living. The next thing we notice is Daniel taking ownership of not only his own sins, but the sins of his people. He's entering, entering into serious spiritual warfare, interceding for God's people. Let's see what happens. Let's go down, go down to verses 20 to 23. Chapter 9, verses 20 to 23. While I, and while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the... For the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me, and talked to me, and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, Understand the matter and consider the vision. So Gabriel was sent to fly swiftly to Daniel and explain the vision, but that isn't all. He tells Daniel why he came. He says in verse 23, I am come to show thee why, for thou art greatly beloved. Now God loves everyone. I think what what Gabriel is telling Daniel is God has sent me to talk to you because you have such such a close relationship with him that he wants me to talk to you personally. And I want us to think about the timing of Gabriel's statement. What had Daniel just done? He had just prayed that powerful prayer of confession and repentance for himself and his people. Then Gabriel gives him that tremendous encouragement of affirmation. Thou art greatly beloved. And I'm sure that we don't have all the spiritual battles that Daniel faced, wrote down and recorded in scripture. But there's one more battle that I would like to look at for us for us to look at. Let's go to the um, let's go to chapter ten, verse two and three. This is a little later on in life. I'm not sure how long. Here again, we have Daniel fasting for three weeks this time. Remember, Daniel had already entered into some pretty serious intercessory work for his people. Now we have Daniel fasting for three weeks. Let's read verses 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So let's remember the timing here. Now let's read verses 11 to 14. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Just a minute. Yeah, that's right. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words." But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So I'll explain what just happened. Daniel, again, sets himself to fasting and prayer for his people. He fasted and prayed for three weeks and... and I'm not sure that this is Gabriel. I assume it is. Gabriel left to go talk to Daniel again, but he was detained for three weeks. It says 21 days. 21 days, three weeks. He was detained by the satanic forces. And we cannot imagine that. He was detained until Michael came and helped him. Get free from those forces. He was with the kings of Persia, whoever that is, we don't know. Some kind of satanic forces that kept him back from getting to Daniel for three weeks. The takeaway I get from that is that the more serious we become in this spiritual battle we are in, especially as it relates to interceding for others, the more Satan will resist our efforts. The more he will resist, in the, even in the spiritual realms, we see a battle here that we can't imagine being played out. We have a glimpse into the into the spiritual realm that we don't really understand. But it's reality and it's going on around us. Are we would I fast for three weeks until God sent an answer? What a challenge. Let's go to Daniel twelve verses eight to ten. I want to read verses 8 to 10, and then verse 13. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Now let's read verse 13. But go thy way. Till the end, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of thy days. What an awesome promise that Daniel received there—to have an angel tell Daniel, "You can rest, Daniel. Your your reward is waiting. You don't have to understand everything. You can rest." So, is it worth it? Is a spiritual battle for our souls and the souls of others? Really worth all the effort today. Daniel put a lot of effort into just faithfulness, and in his life it took him to the second to the top in the kingdom of, at several kingdoms actually. It gave him great wealth. Um, there's a chance some people would feel like the the treasures that the that the, um that was were brought to Mary were actually things that Daniel had saved up, and a group of men followed that through for. Hundreds of years, and then when they saw the star, they realized it was Daniel's uh, prophecy, and took those treasures to Mary. Daniel was wealthy. Did he ever try for any of it? No. He simply was faithful to God. Now, is it worth it? There are some earthly rewards for some people because of their faithfulness, but that's not the point. The greatest treasure is what the angel just told him right here. Daniel, your your reward's coming. You can rest now. So, is it worth it for us? i read Revelation 22, verses 12 to 14. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. Brotherhood, sisters, it's worth it to be faithful, to live a consistent faithful life of purpose, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, just live for God. Just live for God. Know Him and live for Him. Your life can be as effective as Daniel's was. Let's have a song.